From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. You can go to your employer if you've been good. And all of a sudden it's like, you know what? I can do this on a consulting basis. Lots of them will take you up on that. Today on episode 106 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the creative genius of Pickleball Media, and podcast host of I Used to Be Somebody, Carl Landau. Carl sold his last business two years ago, started Pickleball Media, and is the host of the podcast I Used to Be Somebody. He has shared many stories of high-achieving entrepreneurs, consultants, and corporate types who don't want to retire. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Carl Landau. Carl has started three media companies and five magazines. He's also created hundreds of live conferences and trade shows. Probably more importantly, he has sold his three companies. His media companies were in the software development, craft, brewing, and niche media industry. He sold his last business two years ago and has started Pickleball Media. Carl is the host of the I Used to Be Somebody podcast. It targets 50-plus-year-old former entrepreneurs, consultants, and corporate types who don't want to retire but want to do something new, more fun, and more meaningful. Carl, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, David. I have to say it's an honor. You're sort of the godfather of podcasts. You know, we've been doing it for a long time, and it's exciting to actually be on one. I guess, um, although it doesn't seem like it compared to the length of my career, it's funny how in podcasting, seven years is considered a long time to be a podcaster. Yep. No, it is. It's like uh, amazing. Anyway, thanks for having me. My pleasure and congratulations on what you've done with your show. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. So one of the things that intrigued me about you is you've been an entrepreneur your whole life. You sold your last business two years ago, and yet you're still interested in doing something maybe new and different and you started the podcast. What prompted you to start your podcast? I used to be somebody. Well, you know, the, the premise of it really is uh, people that have had big-time careers. And so those kinds of people tend to be entrepreneurs and or corporate types or, or consultants that have been successful. And, you know, working is a big part of your life. You know, this is a, a sort of an area that, like, you're particularly successful at. And, and all of a sudden, not to do it be weird, you know. And my wife, she actually brought it up to me when I sold it initially. She's like, so you need to figure out what you're going to be doing. Because, you know, all of a sudden, the email stopped, you know, and, and here you were this expert where everyone's asking you all the advice in the world about whatever you're an expert in. And you're sort of a big deal. And then, like, you're sort of a nobody. And I think for people like me and maybe for you, too, and a lot of people listening, it's a really difficult transition that it sounds really easy. Like, oh, all of a sudden you're retired, especially if you have figured out the money part. So what could be difficult about that? Well, you know, there's a lot of self you know, meeting and in and working and having fun doing that. So she really prompted it and I thought about it. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm gonna be the guinea pig for this thing. So essentially I am, where it's a podcast for people who are, you know, 
50, 60 years old. And what are they going to do basically in a second act? So that's, you know, I'm sort of this guinea pig for it. And and it's actually been really fun to do. And I've learned a lot because I think what really gets me motivated and probably a lot of people listening is like doing something new and sort of challenging yourself. So that's why I started. Right. And, and by the way, the issue that you raised of someone who has had a a role or roles, professional roles, where they have been in a decision-making, decision-making role, plus they have been busy there, you know, for a good chunk of their career, right. to, to suddenly have an empty inbox and the phone not ringing mm-hmm. is actually quite, quite daunting. I've, and I've had guests on my show talk about this, yeah. that, um, yes, you can have the money piece figured out. You could get to the point where you can support your lifestyle just fine without bringing in new income, yet the feeling of not being needed mm-hmm. when when your inbox is empty is a quite disturbing feeling, to say the least. It is, and I think it happens to almost everyone. I mean, you hear examples, I know of some people who had this big-time career and literally within a year dropped dead, you know, because they just like, I, I don't know exactly why they did it. I mean, there could be a million reasons, but a lot of people, things go haywire. Let's just put it that way. So wh- what are some of the things that you've learned? So I've learned that people in their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s are doing amazing things, uh, which I didn't even know. I really didn't know that. And, uh, and it's really remarkable. I mean, the whole idea also is like we're living a lot longer. You know, it used to be like if you think of like our parents, well, you know, they lived to maybe 55, 60, a lot, particularly men. And all of a sudden now we're going to live, I don't know how long, until 80 or 90 or whatever. And so we have a lot more time. So I've learned that people have really figured out like something entirely new that uh, maybe they didn't even know was inside of them, you know, and, and, you know, people who were big time insurance executive, this woman, and then at 70 years old made a documentary that's actually really good, you know. Anyway, there's a lot of stories like that, but it's really inspirational, I think, for anyone to hear these stories and what people are doing now and how excited they are about what they're doing. How hard do you think it is to do something that's outside your comfort zone? Because that's a lot of what what happens when you start something new. And particularly when you started after you have been kind of in a groove for for many years, Right. the discomfort of something new can be really proportionally much, much stronger than if you try something new when you're 25. Right. Exactly. So that's why, David, I actually named it Pickball Media, because about two years ago, a friend of mine said, do you want to play Pickball? And I'm like, uh, maybe, what is it? You know, and they explained it to me, and I had been a racquetball player, and I'm like, sure, I'll try it. And I loved it. And what I really loved about it was, you know, I didn't know a thing about it. I mean, I went in, you have a paddle, you have a ball, and uh, everyone's like super nice. You know, and they, uh, every person I played with, you know, they want to help you. But here you are, like, as you said, someone who has no idea what they're doing. And you know what? You're not good at it. You don't start a sport or you don't start a business and all of a sudden become good at it instantly. So that really inspired me, actually. You know, and and, uh, I ended up really loving pickleball. And it's 
a great sport for particularly baby boomers, and it's it's growing like crazy. So it's not easy, and, and in the podcast, a lot of people talk about that specifically. But that's I think that makes it exciting because like I, I've been putting on live events for twenty years. I could do it in my sleep, and unfortunately, I did. I mean, I would have nightmares. You know, thinking about events, I was never ready. In my nightmares, I was always never ready for the event, even though we were always totally ready. So doing something new really gets your brain going, you know, and really gets you excited about life in general. Mm. So what is the business behind Pickleball Media? So it is, you know, the podcast. I used to be somebody. And uh, I actually just signed a pretty big contract for three months with with a uh, pharmaceutical company. So, I mean, there's actually some money coming in. That's not the main reason why I'm doing it, you know, but it's enough money to, you know, cover all my costs. But why I was really excited, I was in the industry, uh, I was a magazine publisher and, you know, a, a traditional print magazine publisher in, in a niche market. I, I had several of them. Well, anyway, the past like 10 years, it's been depressing to be in the print magazine, anything, print anything, right? So we actually did really well because we had conferences, how to convert, you know, into uh, digital revenue. And so we actually did really well, but I, I saw all these poor publishers that really weren't. And I wanted to go into something like that was growth oriented. So that's why I picked, actually, we actually talk a little bit about pickball. I mean, it's mostly about what we call unretirement. But we do talk about pickleball because it is this really growing sport. There's like 4 million people playing it. Uh, that number is going to double, I guarantee you, in a couple of years. Then the other industry we're in is the retirement industry, which is booming. There's 10,000 people a day that are turning 65. And that number is not going to change for another five, six, seven years. And then, uh, then the podcast industry, which is you know growing like crazy, too. So to me, it was exciting to pick some industries that were in growth modes. And, uh, you know, of course, and, and this is my whole idea and, and really a suggestion to, the, to anyone looking to start something new is, you know, pick a growth mode, you know, area and go for that. And then once you're in it, then you can figure it out. You know, once you, once you start doing it and opportunities will become obvious to you. And they have for me. Like I said, I'm not particularly interested in, you know, working 60 hours a week or anything like that now. But I mean, I've been approached on the pickball side to start an event. You know, it would be a great one for, I'm giving a great idea to someone out there to start a, <laughs> a B2B event for pickleball. I mean, you know, would be amazing. On the retirement side, uh, there's a lot of events opportunities that I obviously I've been in the event business so I can see what they would be. And then on the podcast side, like there's a lot of event opportunities, even though there are events in it, there's a lot of niche ideas. So I don't know if I want to do an event anymore because that actually seems like too much work. But anyway, once you're in, you know, you see the opportunities. That's my point. Yeah. So, you know, paralleling what you've just described for someone who is also making a transition, but making the transition, th their transition is from employment to self-employment. Right. And in, I would say in the same age cohort, 50 plus. So, you know, somebody who has 20, 
25 or 30 years more right. or more of work experience, um, especially if they have developed a deep bench in a field the way you have. Right. Um, but unlike you, they're not going from an entrepreneurial role to another entrepreneurial role, but they're going from employment to entrepreneurship. I know yep. you've interviewed some of these folks. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they stay in the same field, there's still lots and lots of challenges. And I'm sure you've you've heard many of these on your show. What do you think are the most important things to do to overcome some of the, the biggest challenges? Well, I, I think what happens is, and I've actually, I, it's funny, once I knew I was going on the show, I thought about it, that I've sort of mentored probably at least 10 people from, you know, a corporate world to, you know, going off on their own. And uh, they're always like, I mean, very afraid, you know, it seems so risky to be on your own. And what I found is once they're out there, then th they don't worry so much about, you know, all of a sudden they're not worried about that. I would say the biggest thing worry I think anyone has is that, like the first person you hire, you know, because all of a sudden you've gone from, you know, okay. I can do this. I've saved enough money or, you know, or I have this plan and all that. So you're not so much worried about yourself, but it's like, oh my God, now I'm responsible for other people. I honestly think that's the hardest thing where, you know, that's a, to me was a big responsibility. And so that probably motivated me to work harder than anything was to not screw up these people's lives that I've hired. So I think that's one of them. The other thing is like someone who wants to become a consultant, the best thing is like at least start with a client, you know, have, have business going in and, and that really helps. And it, often it's like to be your employer, you know, you could go to your employer if you've been good and all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I can do this on a consulting basis. Lots of them, you know, will will take you up on that. I think that's a really uh, good idea. That's actually a really important point, particularly folks that have been pushed out, mm -hmm. which is, it's way more common than a lot of people realize. I mean, the, yeah. I've read statistics. If you're over the age of 50, you are more more likely than not to get pushed out of a job if you if you stay employed. Yeah. You have more than a 50% likelihood right. of, that, of that happening. Yeah. yeah, so going back to your employer who just pushed you out and offering mm -hmm. to consult can... It, it like it sets off so many buttons of um, like like why should I go back to them? They push me out. They don't want me. Right. Yeah. So that may or may not work out. Anyway, but you know what? You have all these relationships if you've been in this job for a long time, and it's probably not going to be that hard to get like the first account. You know, and once you're in there, that's great. So I mean, that gives you some confidence and all that sort of stuff. And honestly, I've told a lot of people their biggest problem is going to be dealing with growth. This happens more times than not where they're like, oh, my God, you know, I, I have more clients than I know what to deal with. And I have to hire people and, you know, this whole chain reaction. So that's something to consider, though, before you do it. You know, come up with a plan, what you're going to do and what your growth strategy is and who you're going to hire and, and that sort of thing. But I think what, but yeah. I was going to say, don't you think that's hard to do when you have no business to start planning growth? Yeah. So, I mean, you want to, but no, I mean, you want to get that first leg in there with, with the first client. So I wouldn't feel comfortable starting a consulting business like with, without knowing who that person is. So, I mean, anyway, that's just a beginning of that sort of thing. 
No, but honestly, I, I've seen it the other way where it's like it grows so quickly. And, you know, I always, uh, a bunch of people I've helped, I call him Mr. Haney. Do you remember Mr. Haney from Green Acres? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mr. Haney would do anything for anyone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really, and you sort of have to do that at the beginning. I mean, I don't fault anyone for doing that, you know, because you're just getting your legs going and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But like once you get a bunch of those clients that you're doing a lot of different things, that strategy doesn't really work long term. And, and then you have to come up with, OK, what are we going to really specialize in and all that? But you sort of have to get in there first to, until you really know where your business is going to go. Yeah, particularly if you get busy doing lots of different kinds of things, then your your brain starts to get really scattered. You know, so looking at where you are now and um, and what the future may hold, in particular, what kind of growth opportunities there there might be. Um, what's your vision for what's next for Carl? You know, I don't know. I went into this. People would say, my friends who have also are entrepreneurs, they're like, "Okay, Carl, is this a real business or is this sort of a glorified hobby?" And I'm like, I don't, and I said, I don't know, you know, let me do this for a while. And it's been about a year and I'm still not quite, you know, know exactly what direction. One thing that's really been great though is, of course, you know, to add like a extra element of non-fun, you know, I, I started this thing in the pandemic. So, you know, all my interviews are via the internet like you do, but the last five I've done, I've done live events. And I, I'm sorry, live podcast. And, and I actually have a tiki bar and uh, I built like a little studio in there. And I've had like some big time uh, guests, you know, they're from Sacramento in there. But to actually do the live live podcast has been so much, so much fun. And so what what I am most interested in doing is getting more involved in my community because like my business, probably a lot like yours, uh, was national. So I, I know people all around the country, you know, in Chicago and Nashville and Minneapolis and Austin, all these places that I've been to a million times and had events and, and you know, know all the people there. But I never really knew that many people where I lived. So it's given me a chance to like, you know, I, I want to get more involved in the community. And uh, anyway, I'm excited about that. Fascinating, fascinating. Carl, this has been a really interesting discussion. And as I said earlier, I'm really um, excited that we've gotten connected and um, and I, I love what you're doing. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about, listen to your show, get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, go to our website, which is pickleballmediahq, like headquarters.com. And we have a free newsletter that's actually a lot of fun. Uh, that, that's one of the big elements of what I want to do. And I've always done actually with all my businesses is like the fun elements, a big part of it. And uh, anyway, the, uh, you know, we have a weekly newsletter and, and the podcast is weekly too. I used to be somebody. Carl, thank you for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your insights. My guest has been the creative genius of Pickleball Media and podcast host of I Used to Be Somebody, Carl Landau. Thank you again, Carl, for joining us. Thanks, David. It was awesome. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode, along with the links we mentioned on the show. 
Today we learned strategies to grow your next act and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.